Chapter 3 of Harry D. or Making It Out. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Harry D. or Making It Out by Francis J. Finn. Chapter 3 In Which I Awaken to a Sad Christmas. I was habitually an early riser. On this Christmas morning, however, it must have been full seven o'clock when I awoke. I shall never forget that awakening, for it was not the slow transition from unconsciousness to semi-consciousness, where sleeping and waking join hands. No, I passed from sound sleep to perfect wakefulness with a start, jumping from my bed and uttered a short gasp of terror. I was alone. For the first time in years, I awoke to find myself alone. As I threw a hasty glance about the room, my heart gave a sudden jump. My very blood seemed to congeal, and the sweat of agony started upon my brow. For a moment I was dumb with horror. Then I broke into a scream of agony. An awful discovery. There was a stain upon my coverlet, a stain upon the floor, a few crimson stains upon my nightshirt and beside the chair on which Mrs. Rayner had been seated the night before lay her glove, crushed and crumpled. Help! Help! Murder! I screamed, and in an ecstasy of fear I made a dash for the door. In the helplessness born of terror, I tugged at the knob in vain. Convinced that I had been locked in for some dire purpose, my terror passed beyond all limits. For the moment I became a maniac. I threw myself upon the floor and shrieked and screamed. Happily for me, even in this passing frenzy, the sweet words of my poor nurse, whom I now believed to have been foully dealt with, came forth from the chambers of memory and fought hand to hand with the somber terrors of the present. Was not God present? Could bolts and bars lock out my angel guardian? My cries died away. Gradually, I became calmer, and arising from my groveling position on the floor, I fell upon my knees and prayed to God for help. Then I breathed a short ejaculation for the welfare of my poor nurse, dead or alive. Had she really been murdered? By whom? This was an awful question. I feared to assent to that answer which my mind suggested again and again. Your uncle is more than a swindler and a thief. To make his title to fifty thousand dollars good, he has become a murderer. While absorbed in these reflections, a hand was laid upon the door without. I sprang to my feet and waited in breathless anxiety to learn what new terror was upon the turn of events. The door opened sharply and revealed Cadget, gloomier, uglier than he had shown himself the preceding night. His conduct was singular. Catching me roughly by the arm, he hurried me from the room into the corridor, along nearly its whole length, till he stopped before a door. Boy, he growled, do you know whose room this is? My uncle's. Were you here last night very late? No, sir. You lie, you were, now, boy. Here he drew me to the door and laid his hand upon the knob. Now, boy. Look and see what you've done. And he threw open the door. I took one look, gave a scream of horror, 
and what happened after that I know not. For the first rough glance had been enough. Vivid as the picture still is in my memory, I have not the heart to reproduce it in all its ghastly details. My poor uncle had been stabbed during the night and lay dead upon his bed. No wonder I fainted. The sight had conjured up a terrible tale of wickedness. Into that thrust I saw gathered the hatred of the wronged wife and the revenge for a husband dead of a broken heart. O oh, my nurse, you to whom I had, in all a child's unstinted love, given the sacred name of mother. End of chapter 3 Read by Mark Berube, Edmonton, Alberta, June 2021